1: Welcome once again to a Came From The Video, the official of The Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. We are here via virtual distancing for our 49th live show, courtesy of the East Meadow Public Library. Uh, I am here with none other than the life of Jennergy's, uh Jenny Feldy. Hello. We're here with our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Rano. Good evening, East Meadow. Here we go. And we have our special guest, who we'll be talking to, with, and about, which is awesome because he's here. It is um, the master of the Long Island Doctor Who convention, Ken Deep. Hello, everybody. So, but before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi as well as the fine folks of cosmic comics and games of baldwin new york that's your one stop shop for comics and collectibles uh, give chuck a call at 516-763-1133 and the fine folks at the big apple con of which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff for more information go to www.bigapplecc.com their next convention is on march twenty-six of 2022 uh, no headliners have been announced as of yet and we want to give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Perel, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday Famous and Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Hurrican, Yasmin Array, and Rosa. If you want to have your own little shout-out, go to our website, www.kaneforyout.com. There's a little button to be a Patreon, and just for a dollar a month, you get a shout-out on our show. Um, normally, we start off with the sad news, but there's no sad news this week, so we're just going to go with- Not as sad news. Yes, no sad news this week. No sad news. Some things
2: must be wrong.
1: (laughs) No sad news to report,
3: I should say. How is this possible?
1: I don't believe it. So let's see. Um, Oh, we'll start off with with the easy one. From the... That's a lot of nuts! ...department. The new James Bond film, No Time to Die, has taken the number one spot in a domestic box office, pulling in $62 million, easily beating out last week's number one film, which was Venom, which made an additional $35 million at the box office. For those of you keeping track, Shang-Chi is still the highest-grossing film of 2021 with $213 million, followed by Black Widow at number two with $183 million. Uh, No Time to Die, during its first week, comes in at number 12 of the highest-grossing films of this year. Um, Of note, No Time to Die, much like Shang-Chi, is only available to see legally in theaters, while Black Widow is available to be seen on Disney Plus for an additional fee on top of whatever you're paying for the service. Keep in mind that these numbers do not reflect the revenue made from the streaming service. Did any of you guys get to see uh, James Bond?
3: No. No. Well, I'm still with you and the just because it's open doesn't mean you have to go. Okay. Uh, feeling. I do love James Bond. I like Daniel Craig as James Bond, but no, I haven't gone to see it. Actually, I believe um, <clears throat> Black Widow is now available. You can watch it without, without the paying premium. the extra. Without paying yeah. the extra, yes. Yeah. So I will watch that now.
1: All right. Uh, Ken, yeah. you're a James Bond fan? i am and i saw it on monday i was it was fantastic so on, on a rate of one to best james bond ever where does it go where's where's this fit in there well
0: it is an excellent james bond it was probably my second favorite of the daniel craig i loved his first one um, in casino royale but when you when you rate things like that you you you're rating it against your favorite memories you know you the first one you saw the thing that made the impression oh. and so it takes a hell of a lot for you to take a new movie and put it on top of one that you saw as a kid and you were like man this is great but it was it was very it was incredible and um one of the james bond authors um that I follow on social media, I think he said something like, I feel sorry for someone whose first introduction to Bond is this because it's it's kind of atypical. You know, it it um it, it does some things a little bit differently and um and deliberately so and, and that's what makes it different and fun and yeah. Oh, okay cool. So I'm uh, trying to do it as spoiler free as yes,
1: yes, yes. I've I've yeah. heard stuff so I don't want to say anything. Um so moving on. From the sequel department, a fourth, that's four, Expendables movie is now in the works, with Jason Statham, Sylvester Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, and Randy Couture already signed in to reprise their roles from the previous installments of the franchise. Adding that to the already bloated cast would be none other than 50 Cent, Hot Megan Fox, Tony Jaa, in unspecified roles. Executives say... <clears throat> We are thrilled for the next installment of the expendables franchise it's so much fun to bring back these stars together for no hold barred action film this new film will raise the stakes to meet the biggest most badass adventure ever the expendables are back we couldn't be more excited to bring this star-studded action-packed film to the big screen to keep things fresh and fun we've added exciting new stars to join the veterans popcorn entertainment is guaranteed um you're a fan of the expendables uh, jen
2: Um, I, I sound expendable. (laughs) Sounds like I could, it could be negligible. (laughs) No, no, I, no, I never really gave them a try. So, you know, no offense.
3: Dominic. I like the expendables movies a lot. Actually. They're a lot of fun. They, they're what Stallone is really good at action. 80s action movies. And he just happens to have, I mean, it's an 80s action plot with 80s action heroes that's why everyone's so old <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> but it's also their way of proving, like, well, we can still do this. Like, Stallone's tougher than most people realize. Like, the dude, like, gets blown up in his own movies for real. And he's like, oh, keep going. Yeah, I think he um
1: he hurt himself when he filmed the first six men. I think he either broke his neck or his back or mm-hmm. something, which actually made the a movie scene better. With,
3: yeah, it was in a scene with Stone Cold Steve Austin austin slams and i think he broke his neck there's a picture of him and him and schwarzenegger both in the er in the hospital like laughing like with tubes all in them and everything and that was from i think expendables 3 um personally i hope they bring back some of the people that were in expendables 3 that were in like the new crew right like ronda rousey and and um not not uh chris helmsworth's brother he was in expendables 2 and gets killed off but spoilers <laughs> Dude, it's Expendables too. This is like this was out like a decade ago. You expendables in the
1: title, somebody's gonna die.
3: Exactly, that's the whole point. They're expendables.
1: Ken, you're an expendable fan as well. No, actually, I was um, I was
0: kind of taken by by Jen's franchise idea. I I want to be part of the um, the neg negligibles. Yeah, the negligibles. Hoping that like Frank Stallone is in that. And, <laughs> Who else can we get? Like, all the all the siblings of the big stars.
2: <laughs> I like that. The son, well, the son of um, the Sopranos. Oh, my God. I can't think of anyone's name.
3: Yep. Michael Who's... Gandolfini. There we go. There mm-hmm. we go. You know you have to have, like, Stephen Baldwin in there, then. I forgot well, his name. All, all, the Baldwin. All, all, all the I Baldwin. I would only
0: have Stephen Baldwin if well, he
3: was a bad guy. Billy Baldwin has a legit career unto himself. Kind of okay. doing like Hallmark level stuff, but still a legit career. <laughs> which it's really which, Stephen and Daniel Baldwin who are just like the family, like Fredos, if you will. Which,
0: which uh, Baldwin is in all like the um the, the movies of faith because he would be my bad guy. I Stephen think Baldwin.
2: Stephen Baldwin, yeah. he's the yeah, interreligion,
0: he's, he's the bad guy,
1: he's like the Bond villain.
3: Hmm. Yeah, that <laughs> would make sense.
1: So moving on for more sequel news from the they're still trying to make this movie department. Once again, talk of the twin sequel has started to make rounds, with this time none other than Tracy Morgan as the third symbol. For those of you who do not know, remember, or care, Twins was a 1988 film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, as you guessed it, Twins. The new film is to have the aforementioned stars returning, as well as an original director, who is Ivan Reitman, for so those keeping track. Ivan says... Twins was quite successful, and after some years, this whole thing started with Arnold meeting Eddie Murphy, and a suggestion came for him to be one of them. It was, I should be a triplet, that you could be a very funny comedy. We started the script with Eddie, and after the success we had, after the success he had with Amazon Prime on Coming to America Part 2, he got himself booked up heavily, and we knew we were going to make it at the beginning of next year. I had been good friends with Tracy Morgan for a long time, and always always thought he was one of the funniest men in the world. I thought he would make a terrific triplet and we wrote the entire script for him. Now we'll go out and try to put money together and get it made. They don't know about each other and are very early in the movie and we'll meet how they are. Wait, they, don't know, wait, they don't know each other and very early in the movie they'll meet and it's how they achieve a bond together after all these years. It's a, really a film about family and no matter how different we all are, we have to learn to get along. These guys have great chemistry together and you can see that in real um, no, much, no matter how much energy you bring out in each other, uh, you guys fans of the movie Twins?
2: I I liked what I remember. I liked it then. It's been a long time, right? How yeah, long eighty-eight it, years, twenty years.
3: Yeah, I got to agree with Jen on that. Almost thirty. Years. Wow. I don't remember the last time I watched it, but I know I've seen it, and it was funny. I mean, come on, just the idea of Danny DeVito and and Schwarzenegger being twins—it's a genius idea, right there. I saw that in Mm -hmm. the theaters,
1: and I think that was the only time I've ever seen that movie.
3: Well, that's because you're old, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) About you, Ken, you're the first thing to do in a crisis situation.
0: Yeah, I, um, I'm pretty sure I rented it uh, on VHS at some point (laughs) in 1989, probably. So beta, maybe beta. (laughs) It might be on beta. Might even be on Laserdisc.
3: It might have been from the blockbuster that Mark worked at.
1: that's that's true i did work in many blockbusters in long island you probably were there at the same time now you made me sad mm. <laughs> so moving on from the what would brian boitano do yeah what would brian boitano do Burn! department south park creators trey parker and matt stone just signed a new deal with viacom cbs and mtv entertainment studios to bring not only one but six more seasons of the series to television and 14 quote unquote films for the paramount streaming service with the first two of these south park movies will debut before the end of 2020 uh 2021 with more coming early to the year 2027 Uh, South Park guy says, Comedy Central has been our home for 25 years, and we really are happy that they've made a commitment to us for the next 75 years. We can't wait to get back to doing traditional South Park episodes, and now also can also try out the new formats. It's great to have partners who will always take chances with us. Uh, The executives say, Matt and Trey are world-class creators who brilliantly use their outrageous humor to skewer the absurdities of our culture, and we are excited to expand and deepen our long relationship with them to help fuel Paramount Plus and Comedy Central. Franchising marquee content like South Park and developing new IP with tremendous talents like Matt and Trey is at the heart of our strategy to continue to grow Paramount Plus. Um, I use the film, I use the term quote unquote films because uh, the South Park movies will more likely to be like the pandemic special and a South Park vaccination special that aired this year and will uh, not like the super awesome South Park Bigger and Uncut, which was actually in theaters that came out in 1999. Uh, for those of you not keeping track, the New Deal will carry the show to its 30th season and its most recent 23rd season was going to air its 300th episode. Uh, South Park fans, uh, Dominic, South Park fan?
3: Blame Canada. Blame Canada. They're not a real country anyway. (laughs) Jen, is you
1: South Park fan?
2: I've only seen two episodes, but they seem to do some of the same themes and concepts as my friend's cartoon. And that's interesting. Synchronicity coincidence.
3: (laughs) Just like a famous celebrity using the term "genergy." Ah. a lot of
2: coincidences going on you know i don't know
1: what about you ken you're a south park fan i am uh, never
0: laughed harder than in 1999 when that uh movie came out and hit the big screen <laughs> and um i'm really pleased about this contract as it expands the south park
1: cinematic universe <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing the cinematic I, universe south i don't park. know it's, All just, it's it sounds a like thing it's now taking over the world. Um, I'm with you, Ken. Um, I remember I was not a fan of the show at all, uh, South Park. But my manager um, at Blockbuster Video used to love it. And we had like three videotapes. And when we closed, because we weren't allowed to play uh, anything but G-rated movies in Blockbuster, she used to play them while we were cleaning up the store. So it was inundated in my head. And I was like, oh, they're going to make a movie. I might as well check it out because I know the characters. And when I went to the theater... You know, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is all right. And then it just went all, all rails went off the the end. I was like, holy crap, this is a hilarious movie. And I remember I was telling everybody about how funny it was. And I was in Blockbuster working one day and I was telling everybody how funny it was. And this kid was hearing, overheard me and goes, see, mom, this movie's really funny. And the mom turns to me, she says, is the movie really funny? I go, yes, it is. And then she Hmm. says, should he be able to watch that? I go, no, he shouldn't. Ah, all right. So let's see. Um, ooh, okay. This is a, this is a good one. From the Hear ye,
0: hear ye, the court's in session. The court's in session now. Here come, the
3: judge. Here, come the judge. here 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 come the
1: judge. No, here doesn't come the judge department. Bailiff P.C. Hawkins Bird who served on a Judge Judy show for more than 25 years, expressed disappointment after learning that he will not be a part of the judge's next show, Judy Justice. Apparently, as the show was wrapping for its final season, uh, Petrie's wife was scheduled for brain surgery while battling cancer. Uh, He says, my assumption is that you were going to, my assumption is if you were going to do something else, then you were at least going to ask me if I wanted to have the opportunity to audition for the role. I didn't have time to think about it or ask about Judy Justice. It wasn't something until July that I had called the judge and asked, hey, should I look for something else or am I included in a duty justice project? I didn't inquire as to why, but that's her choice. But she did inform me that fundamentally I was priced out as a new bailiff on her new show. My salary wouldn't have been too much. I was curious, how would she know? She didn't even ask me. She didn't even give me the opportunity to have accepted a lower salary. I don't think she understood how confused and dismayed I was after being there for 25 years from the beginning of her career and not being at least given the opportunity to say whether or not I wanted to continue on that relationship. Uh, Judge Judy fan. Kenny, you a Judge Judy fan?
2: Um, I, she went to the same university as me, and she seems to be a woman who knows what she wants and what she likes. I, I admire that. She was a little scary. She was a little scary, but she also was a role model, when I have to get something done. So, sure. Yeah, sure.
1: All right, Dominic, Judge Judy fan?
3: I am am always a fan of Judge Judy when I'm waiting for my brakes to get fixed (laughs) in a waiting room or waiting on someone else's uh, medical appointment because I take care of a lot of people. Uh, Aside from that, I don't really watch Judge Judy, but from what I have seen, one thing I know for certain and this is similar to my to my lady when we're at CVS. Don't do anything until you are told specifically to do it. <laughs> the point being, like, my it seems my lady like Judge
2: Judy hangs out in doctors' offices.
3: She does a lot. Yeah, uh, my lady is is the queen of of buying things at CVS. I have watched her get one hundred and fifty dollars worth of products for seventy five. Like, it's amazing. And but the the thing to that is that I don't move a muscle till she says it's okay and this connects to judge judy because do not give her extra information do not interject do not speak (laughs) unless you are said to speak and when you are told to speak only answer exactly what she asks you so in case of legal advice for all people out there that might need to know and i learned this from a a spider-man comic book in which Tony Stark asked Peter Parker, do you know what time it is? And Peter Parker says, yeah, it's 5.30. He said, no, the answer is yes. You answer specifically. So when Judge Judy says, do you have the receipts, sir, from the date in question, you say, yes, your honor. You don't actually volunteer the receipts. You wait for her to then send said bailiff or new bailiff over to collect the receipts. Then you hand over those receipts. You don't jump ahead of Judge Judy. <laughs> What about you,
0: Ken? And if you, you do a...
3: that, you might make it out alive.
1: <laughs> Judge
0: Julie Judge Judy has definitely done some excellent relationship um advice <laughs> for listening listening properly. Yeah, I, I like um when I watch television and it's not a VHS of dr who from 1963 um then sometimes i'm coming across judge judy i like strong personalities on tv especially if you can learn something from them uh, judge judy gordon ramsay people like that you you watch them and 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 they're they're very charismatic which i guess is why they have a tv show but i like the only kind of reality shows i like is if you can learn something and She'll explain why the law works a particular way. And, you know, you, you kind of understand it. And it's the same when Gordon Ramsay yells at someone who made a hamburger wrong. <laughs>
1: um, I, I like Joe Judy. I was, I've, I've watched it on and off for, throughout the years. But I'm a little sad that uh, that, she, that she didn't give him the opportunity to, to be on the new show. It, 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 it hurts me just a little bit. It, it, it diminishes her character in my eyes. Whether she cares or not, probably not. But it's just me. <laughs>
2: But, you know, no. maybe he had a hygiene problem that they spoke about. You never know. You never <laughs> yeah, know. We, we
1: don't know the whole story, yes. Has he been right. visiting HR more than once?
2: <laughs> Who knows, you know? Uh,
1: all knows? right. So from the last bit of news, because uh, this will air um, right after Halloween. So this is the perfect time for this. From Lee, this is how horror films start department. Airbnb is offering a stay at the home of where much of the original Scream film took place. If you manage to snag a reservation, it says they'll only run you for $5. And from what I understand, it's on a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, With the reservations, you get to be greeted virtually by David Arquette reprising his role as Sheriff Dewey Riley. Copies of all four Scream films on VHS, of course, plus the ability to call Ghostface, which was the bad guy in the films, to to quote, ask any questions or make requests, unquote. Uh, The home is open for three one-night stays for a room with four guests per stay. And visitors will have to pay their own way to get to California, as that where the house is located. But once they arrive in their house, they'll be treated by a socially distant concierge. Now, I've seen enough horror movies to know. This is not what you want to do. It's $5. That's that's too much of a good deal. Something bad is definitely going to happen.
2: Hmm, bad yeah, that makes sense. That's true. Would
1: Would you go and pay five dollars to go to the scream house? To no. Spend the night no. at the scream house and talk to Ghostface on the phone?
2: No, I I would go visit it, but not stay over. I like to sleep in my own bed. I don't like anyone bothering me, so no,
1: no all way. Right. What about you, Dominic? Would you go? Would you pay the five dollars to go to the sleep? Would you sleep at the the scream house?
3: I'm with you that it. First of all, it just sounds too good to be true. <laughs> Second of all. I can't believe it's only $5. Third of all, this just shows how little David Arquette has going on in his <laughs> career. <laughs> um, well, he is reprising
1: his role for the new screen movie that's coming out. So, hey, oh, he, there's another one of those coming out? There's yeah. another one with the original cast. original three. Neff Campbell, uh, Courtney Cox, and uh, David Arquette.
3: So, yeah. First of <laughs> all, I guess Courtney Cox and David Arquette are on good enough terms that they feel okay working with each other. Yes. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: For those for those who don't remember, they were married once, to which right. gave hope to every man everywhere and made every woman go, Really?
2: <laughs> really? No, really? I thought really? I thought she was lucky to have him and vice versa. I, I thought it made a lot of sense. Oh really? Well, hi, really? Yeah. I, I, think David I he was one of my crushes growing up. Yeah, like probably top five. So Wow. I think she should be like, wow, like Dave Marquette's adorable. What?
3: All I can <laughs> say is that the Anne Bancroft-Mel Brooks marriage makes more sense to me than, wow. than that marriage. Oh, um,
2: it made a lot there. of sense to me. See, that? that's perspective.
3: So, by like, the way, the, Mel, Brooke, Mel Brooks being married to Anne Bancroft for the entirety of their <laughs> lives gives hope to men everywhere. That all you really need is good wit, funny, and being rich. And, you, and see, you I know, think man, she would be lucky
2: again. I think it's the woman. I think she was. I know. I think. Oh my god! (laughs) She
3: definitely was. I think they were both very lucky. I think that was an amazing marriage, the two of them. Um, Wasn't
2: there? I don't know.
3: But you know, but you, in terms of number wise, they didn't match up. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, very odd, odd matches. Well, number wise, like the rating.
3: No. Yeah. In terms of like, she's a nine. He's not quite a nine. I
2: don't know. I'm gonna say I thought it was good matches on both both parts. Wow. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm Ken, just saying, Ken. What do you think? What do you uh, would a would you go into the scream house? And B, do you think uh, the the numbers match up with the two uh, relationships that we're talking about?
0: So I, I even if they paid me the five dollars, I wouldn't go. <laughs> I'm thinking that David Arquette may be a candidate for the 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 negligibles. Uh, <laughs> film story no because he clearly working cheap
3: <laughs> that's true I mean look he's of of the four Arquette siblings and the three that are, are alive he is in the bottom yeah. of, you like, know Ar- I
2: Arquette. I gotta and... say maybe I have really bad taste in men I thought I had great taste in men but maybe I'm just confused <laughs> I don't know I thought he was like one of the top choices
3: <laughs> I'm not saying you have bad taste in men Jen however I might you, the way you've discussed your ex-boyfriend,
2: <laughs> this is true. Well, you know, I, everyone likes to make fun of you know the, the old ball and chain. You know, It's true. And anyone who lives with me is familiarity breeds contempt. And he lived with me, but I have to say, he was—I wouldn't say he's almost perfect, but he was—he was quite remarkable. I'm just, uh, you know, uh, sometimes things just don't match up. Yeah. So,
3: see, um, there you go. Just, just like david arquette and courtney cox but he's still a
2: winner (laughs) david arquette is one of the best choices if if he's listening right now
3: if he's listening right now there you go jen thinks he's hot
2: i mean listen if i if i was looking for a guy which i'm not at this exact moment uh yeah david arquette for sure but i don't know what he looks like now but david arquette and Buffy the vampire slayer oh, oh my god
1: all right so with that we're gonna take our break we'll be right back with james from the radio
2: what do i know Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at mfc underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio.
3: Hi, everyone. This is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th Century, and you are listening to
0: It Came From Radio.
2: Hey, kids, this is C.J. Ramone of the world-famous Ramones, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts.
1: Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there.
2: And we'll read them on video. Hi, this is Sherilyn Fenn, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio.
0: I'm Nathan Booth from Ben and Apple TV, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. This is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke from G.I. Joe, and I am here at CradleCom, and I am with It Came From The Radio.
2: Now, back to our show.
1: And welcome back to Kingston Radio for Show the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres speaking. We are here on our 49th live show. Courtesy of the East middle Public Library, virtually distancing, of course. I'm here with none other than a D-Life Regenerate, Jenny Feldy. Oh <laughs> that was about time. Um, frontal comics, Dominic Definition, Mansperano. Hello again. And our very special guest—we're going to fucking—who we're going to be talking to with and about is none other than Li, who a super expert Ken Deep. Hello again. Um, before we uh, ask uh, Ken some questions, I just want to mention that the East Metal Public Library is full of tons and tons and tons of free programming that you guys can go to. Most of them are virtually distance; some of them are in, actually in the building—the the brand new building. So, for more information, go to www.eastmetal.info. So Ken,
3: wait a minute, I forgot that they were, they were redoing the entire building, weren't they?
1: Yes. And it's, it so is, it's almost finished on a second. In a
3: certain way, the entire pandemic and COVID event kind of helped out. for them a little bit, yeah? A little bit. <laughs> a little so bit. maybe they were behind it.
1: <laughs> I doubt that.
3: Anyway, hi, Ken.
0: <laughs> it's the, the, di- the disease originated in a lab in
1: East Meadow. There you go. <laughs> So um, we've had plenty, 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 plenty of um, event uh, organizers on the show from the New York Comic Con all the way down to very little conventions. And I always ask them the same question why would you possess you to do a convention because <laughs> that is it's an extremely fact. difficult thing to pull off i have seen the behind the scenes of how these things come together and it is not for the faint of heart so well, i, Mark,
0: I really, really wish you would have shown me that before i started this. <laughs> yeah.
3: pronto comics was trying to do like our own pronto con we could never find a venue that we could work with that for our budget so I'm Mm. with Mark why why does anyone it's like why are you trying to throw the biggest party of the year why
0: Um, sometimes you have a lot of extra money laying around and you just want to instead of lighting it on fire you just want to get rid of it Uh,
3: money at that problem
0: and so you know you just say well I'm going to start a convention because I really don't need to eat or pay rent or buy a new car Uh, I actually did it because about 10 years ago, I had a heart attack and uh, I, I, in my hospital bed, I thought, if I get out of this alive, I'm going to do things that I always really wanted to do. And so on my list of things I had to do, should I survive that, which I did, um, one of the things at the top of the list was to do a convention and around the same time, not too long after that was the Doctor Who 50th anniversary and I had been waiting around to see if there would be some kind of event in New York. There's a few famous doctor conventions that have been going on for a long time in Chicago and Los Angeles. And of course where the show originates in, in um, the UK, you know, there was a big event in London, but nothing was coming to New York. And I, I was having a, we were having a, like a Christmas party, a holiday party with some friends and we were talking about this. I'm like, oh, you know, it doesn't look like there's going to be a Talk to Who convention in our area. And we basically, I said, well, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? And that's really how it started. And, um, you know, then, of course, became all the hard stuff. Like, so uh, how are we going to pay for this? And, you know, uh, do we need insurance and things like that? Um, and, and actually, that's probably the most shocking part or, or eye-opening part for me was all the things I had to learn you know i I knew um, I had some background in event planning and hospitality and travel and um, the entertainment business but i I was unprepared for having to learn um, uh, attrition rates and um, banqueting laws and all kinds of other things that i just i just wasn't prepared for you know i you you kind of have this one idea like okay this is going to be great because the doctor is going to be there and then we can have someone interview and ask them about blah, but really the hard part of the job is, you know, okay Christian so to the hotel and they want to know what color you know the the chairs need to be or something and you're like really like do I have to be here for this, um, mm. yeah and That's and okay. and, and, you, and you really have to kind of use every skill that you've ever learned in your life and then invent a few more on on top of that. But Mm -hmm. um, the probably the reason for doing it though, in the long run after doing my first one was just the enjoyment of seeing other people enjoy the product of your hard work. Um, Some, some people join like a bowling league or go to karate or Pilates or something. And my friends and I get together and plan a convention all year. That's like our hobby when we hang out. And, and it is really, really satisfying when people come to your event and, and you just see them, you see them smiling, you see them meeting their heroes and, and, and just enjoying it. And there's enormous satisfaction in that. And to me, honestly, if it wasn't for that, I I probably would have quit after the first one. (laughs) To
3: me, it's interesting that this is what you decided (laughs) to do after a heart attack, because one would assume you should avoid stress. Yes, after the heart attack. <laughs> right. Um, right. This just sounds like it's nothing. Just a but dumb stress. idea all around.
0: <laughs> yeah, not, like, it was not medically responsible. If that's what no,
3: yeah, it But also, it's
2: heartwarming.
3: Have you? Yeah. Have, is your heart okay now? <laughs> like, is um, yeah, it, right. it, Well, at this very moment, being
0: five weeks out from the convention, the answer is no. But in six oh, weeks, no. it should be just fine. <laughs>
3: Like, I—I, like, I, not that I'm a medical professional, but I don't know. I think this might be the last thing that you should be doing. No, actually, it's
0: it's it's doing just fine. Luckily, okay. uh, that was the last time I had it checked, and um, this year uh, of all years, it, it's actually been. None of them are ever really stress free, but it it actually has been a little less stressful only because COVID has imposed limitations on us that you would automatically assume would make the job harder. But it hasn't because I've actually been very forthcoming with our audience that um, that we just are not going to be able to deliver this this. Sort of experience that we've done in the past. We we didn't know until very recently that we were even going to get British guests into the United States. Um, we don't. We didn't know what our capacity limit would be. We didn't know if the if the governor of the state of New York would change the the rules for um, gathering in groups and, and and masks and all these other things. So so there were so many question marks. The only thing we could do is just leave it out there right i couldn't stress over that because I, it was out of my control so i left that to whatever was going to be was going to be and we'd have to decide a lot of things very late and that's really what's going on now is okay it's, it's 5 weeks 6 weeks out okay this is probably what's going to happen okay we need to get these things done because right about now it's looking like everything is is, is happening the way it's going to happen without I mean knock on wood without any like surprises from the universe. Okay. I mean it could be a meteorite that hits the earth. You Do know? you get
2: nightmares about it?
3: We won't we wouldn't be so lucky.
0: No, actually I, I don't um I, I actually have never had a dream about the convention and that's weird to me.
2: And nothing uh, I've just made. about
0: past jobs um you know all kinds of fun stuff a house with a stream in the middle of it that seems to be a reoccurring thing Uh, but but about the convention no and i wish i would because chances are your dream is going to be way cooler than whatever you're actually going to do and and that would be kind of fun
2: yeah so no stress related dreams about not being prepared or something going wrong nothing like that
1: or showing up to the convention naked
3: (laughs) right why did why did you go there mark yeah that's how dreams
1: I, usually work isn't
3: that, that, that is how
1: dreams usually work and,
0: and now that you said that that's probably going to
2: happen <laughs>
0: oh no yeah. well, you're good job everybody prepared.
2: I bet you you're, you're prepared you probably feel confident then.
0: that's it the, the nakedness is is you bearing the fact that maybe you don't have all your ducks in a row and for all I know we don't have all our ducks in a row but you' you know you prepare as best as you can mm-hmm. um, I have an incredible staff. Uh, uh, an entirely uh, an all volunteer staff which onto itself is a challenge because it's herding cats you have a whole lot of people who dedicate their time for no other reason that either a they really like doctor who or b they really like me um (laughs) maybe both (laughs) so i have a few of like my longtime friends who are not huge doctor who fans but they're just like well, if you need my help, I'll be there, you know, that kind of thing.
2: You must be I very likable then, because I'm actually involved in producing events for a film festival on Saturday. And a film festival is there's a lot of parallels between conventions yeah. and the likability of the person who's organizing the convention or the festival is so important. So if you have all these volunteer people, I just have to say we met once briefly. And I remember and you came up very nice, nicely, nice. Uh, so, so you must be very, you must be a decent person to have all these people that want to help you out. No,
0: well, I got plenty of people who hate me. I'm sure because you, can't, <laughs> you, you know what it is. It's so hard to make everyone happy. You, you try, um, you yeah. give it your best shot, and even in that attempt, there's always going to be someone that that gets left out or that you forgot a thing or whatever. Um, and I think enough people know that I that I try to, uh, again, if they're volunteer, you have to, they have to have their individual need met. So some people, for some people it's just saying, thank you for other people. It's the free pizza or something like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's always something that, that each person values something a little differently. And yeah. you just try to keep that in your head and remember what all those things are just so that they spend one weekend of year, hanging out and doing this but but we all do it basically because we enjoy it and and I they're what makes everything go smoothly not me. Uh, I, a, a certain chunk of it is is planning, but I have an incredible team of people that are just um, as dedicated, as organized, as thoughtful take great pride in it. Uh, I, I know they take great pride in it because sometimes I get yelled at when I try to mess around like hey, can we try something different like no.
2: Uh, No, we know how this works, you know. How many people does it take to put this together?
0: Um, It fluctuates depending on the size of the event, but Mm -hmm. from one to two hundred, give or take.
3: Whoa, two hundred people organizing this year? It'll
0: be a lot less because we're in a smaller property because we're not really risking a lot. I would say, I would say this year we'll probably have about a staff of about 60 people for uh. a convention that'll have anywhere between three and 500 people. It's not that big this year, but just simply because of COVID. I, I just, I, as um, I said from day one, when I announced that I was going to actually put an in-person event on was this is just not a year to risk. You don't take chances in, in a year like this. No. Um Normally, in a convention, when you when you start taking when you start selling some tickets, you use some of the money that's coming in to to do certain things, and then uh, as you get closer to the event, maybe you start spending the rest of the money. Um, This year, we've put every single dollar into a savings account simply because tomorrow the entire event could be off, and uh, and there's no way I'm like taking like you know I, I just oh geez i'm gonna have to sell my car and pay all these Uh. people back it's just not gonna happen you know so to be safe that's what happened and and we've done a lot of things on credit just to you know to hey you know we we've been doing these for a while now everybody knows who we are we've never run from our bills so um so you you just kind of um um you know we we've we've got a a reputation where people know the events going to happen. And so the hotel has been very patient and the you know, the guests have been very patient and, and now that it's getting closer and it looks like it's going to be a reality. Now we can start saying, okay, well, we owe the hotel money and we owe these people money and whatever. And it it becomes safer to use that money. Two months ago, it was not safe because it all could have still fallen apart and it still can. So we still have to be careful, but, um, but this is not a year for risk. And, and and you know, New York Comic Con, this just this past weekend at, of the time of this recording, you know, they just pulled off this huge event in New York City. But they're a professional company. Pop is a huge company worth millions of dollars. They have the capital. They have the resources
1: mm-hmm. to do
0: this. And I don't begrudge them. You know, that's what they do for a living. I don't. I'm a teacher and I do this as a hobby. And I do it because I love it. So... I I, I can't take the risks that a professional convention can take. I will say to to your audience, one of the things that I feel very strongly about, and I really encourage everyone to check out, is to support your fan-run conventions. The professional ones are amazing because they have the ability to pull in the biggest stars and the movie studios. But there are still tons of fan-run conventions from people who love what they do, people like you and me, who just, we, we're just, I'm a geek. I'm into things. I'm I, This is how I do my passion. Some people make costumes or bake cookies and, you know, in the shape of their favorite characters. This is how I express my fandom is by organizing this and bringing people together as a community. And fan run conventions, uh, uh, they're an entirely different animal. They feel differently than anything you've ever been to. Um, there's, a, there's a different kind of feeling when you go to something like that but they rely on you going and supporting and more importantly um being being patient you know not everything is going to be perfect
1: mm-hmm. and in a
0: big company you can say to somebody hey you know uh, i want my money back for this because you know i'm the customer in a fan run convention you're part of a community and people are there to care for each other and they want they I care that someone has a good time at my event and maybe some professional people don't yeah some do a lot of them do but yeah. some don't they're just there for the money i'm not there for the money
1: i can jump on to that and say that having been to at least 3 of your convention i know dominic has been it does have a different completely different feel to it and it's such a positive energy that you don't get at the bigger conventions because it feels, I guess the term is like homegrown. Again, like, you know, like going to Thanksgiving dinner, like it's just, you feel welcome there. It's not like you don't feel like corporate um, uh, feel to it. It's, it's it's a very odd thing to feel. And then um, I, I think it's also this year, but the one one of the ones I went to was at an airport. So that made it a completely different experience. <laughs>
3: So you I can were, tell you. You're telling story, me about the airport one. You want to
1: hear? I'll give you the quick story
0: of what happened with the airport. It was the first year we did L.I. Geek, which is our non Doctor Who convention. It's a, it's it's open to all sci fi because I do just Doctor Who, but uh, you know Doctor Who's my main thing. It's my 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 biggest passion. But I'm also a fan of a ton of other stuff. from Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, to Game of Thrones. I love you know I love a lot of stuff. So my one. Th- my program director, my, my close friend who I collaborate with this says to me, what if we did like a sci-fi convention, the same way we do the doctor Who stuff, we just get the stuff we like. And I'm like, okay, let's try it. So we created this Li geek is, is more open to, to just about anything, whatever we feel like having. And, um, I, I was, um, I was under contract with the all-star arena in quorum. I think it is. And, um, And they backed out of the contract very last minute because if something happened, I, this is just my speculation, but Bacon Fest, which is the first event they ever had there went horribly wrong. This is a a few years ago. Why did it go wrong? I think think they panicked. And so they just pulled a plug on conventions and they left me with like two weeks to go high and dry. Now I have a really, I, I I have a, a, a very nice relationship with, um, the folks from MacArthur airport. I've done a concert there. Um, you know, I try to book as much travel through there as I can because it's our airport. It's our, you know, it's, it's part of our community and I believe in long Island. That's why everything of mine is named long Island. It's my home. Um, so okay. they very kindly at the last minute, again, cause of reputation said, you know, you can hold your convention at our airport. And I said, well, that's never been done. Uh, but we don't really have a choice because with two weeks to go there's no one uh, If I canceled stuff, I would have lost my shirt but by by doing the convention, I did it in good faith. I could honor the tickets I could honor all the contracts and uh they bent over backwards for me and allowed me to put a convention in an airport and so there were people getting off the plane from Florida with their you know with their colorful shirts on and all their Disney years and all this stuff. And walking right through the vendor hall, you know, just, I just and, and actually the vendors that. actually did really well. Cause some people were like, is that jewelry? Is that for sale? And they would just buy stuff. And, um, yeah. And there's the guy
3: from game of Thrones sitting writing baggage claim, you know, um, so. did you make Miltos Uralimo sit in baggage claim? No, uh, he, he put, him, a, he put he him on the little the little trolley thing where the luggage comes in. He a in. <laughs> so, yeah, That's no, how he that, signed people's autographs, just as he's going by.
0: Great, and he could have just been out there with his, you know, his his water dancing. Yeah, no, uh, he he came the year after that one, but but it was just you know, it's that kind of stuff. Like if I ever get around to writing a book, how you know, how do I not tell that story? Like this dude held a invention in an airport. Yeah. I just I cannot
3: imagine <laughs> like how <That's> so
0: funny. <laughs> That that's work? one of those things people will always talk about it you know they'll talk about someone will bring that up long before they'll bring up you know another event at the holiday and or another event at the hyatt i do um, yeah because it's just so memorable and 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 um yeah that was just a crazy time <laughs> what the hell was i thinking <laughs>
3: you're thinking yeah, you needed a know. venue that's what you were thinking
0: that's exactly what i was thinking I, thinking, I didn't
3: know that home. they also You're saying you did concerts at, at MacArthur Airport as well Yeah, what, One of the Li Who
0: events um, We did a um, a Doctor Who themed concert Right in the middle of the airport With the stars of Doctor Who We brought the TARDIS, we did this whole thing As like a, a sort of warm up To one of our Li Who's I think it was the second one And um, so on the Thursday Night, like before the three day Big three day weekend I had a concert. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. It's just I just make more work for myself. You time. said you had a concert? Yeah, we had a concert right in the middle of the airport. Like oh. set up a stage, PA system. Um, Daphne Ashbrook sang. Dominic Glynn, who is one of the composers from Doctor Who, did the theme from the from the thing, the theme from the show live, and wow. some people sang. And it was just oh my gosh, it was it was it was actually a really fun just um just it was just off the hook i don't know what i was thinking i what, i keep saying that whatever i i'm one of those people i'll throw anything against the wall to see if it'll stick you know if if it's it's a if it's a reasonable idea we want to do a concert in an airport okay i'm game you know? mm-hmm. wow that's
2: cool that's really cool
1: so what's the next uh, convention place that you're going to do? You're going to be like on a Ferris wheel convention? What, what, what's right. the next one? Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. Maybe in like Farmingdale. Who knows? At this rate, any, anything goes.
2: Bowling alley.
1: Bowling alley. There you go. Bowling con.
0: Oh, what my God.
2: I mean, I was joking, but actually, like, the one bowling by... Con, I love you're, you're laughing. i sure
0: there's a bowling con out there. Well, we said it here first. That's if right. there isn't the forty seventh <laughs> annual bowling con in Dubuque, so
2: I'm thinking something totally not related to bowling at a bowling alley because that's how my mind thinks. That's you. also cool, <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Bowl with the stars. Why not? Sure. <laughs> they have dancing with the stars. Why not bowling with the stars? Yeah, bowling with the stars. That would be great. Um, I've done different trips uh, as a as a um, like a, an add on to some of the conventions. I took. Some of the the doctor who guests to the Statue of Liberty once. Uh, they hmm. went out to the Hamptons to visit a theater that one of the actors from the show performed at back in during World War II. Uh, wow. They've done trips to like the wineries and things. We have Long Island is just an amazing place, and we have something for everyone. We're we're attached to New York City, so you have Broadway and all the all the amazing things that New York City has to offer. And then there's Long Island, which has wineries and a lighthouse and. Great restaurants and seafood, and it just the list goes on and on. What's not amazing about this place and and the history that's here? I mean, you know, oh, you like Billy Joel? Guess what? He's from Long Island.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're almost out of time. So we got to do social media times. So where can people find out more about the convention? Where can they buy tickets? Go. All right. Well, Long Island Doctor Who, fully spelled out, Long Island Doctor Who dot com
0: is our website. And we're on just about every social media platform because we're responsible 21st century citizens. <laughs> so on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Tumblr, on YouTube, um, if you look up Long Island Doctor Who, you'll stumble across it. You'll know it's us because uh, we have a, um, a TARDIS logo with the, the sun going down like the New York State license plate. And um, that's how you know it's it's genuine, authentic Li Who. Our next event is November 20th and 21st, 2021, 20, 20, 2021 is how you remember it, and it's at the Holiday Inn Long Island Airport East, and that's at exit 63 off the LIE. And there are still tickets available. Surprisingly, uh, we've we've sold out a bunch of them in the past, but like I said, this is a COVID year. I think a lot of people might wait till the last minute to decide to come out. And we have um, Fraser Hines joining us, Michael Trouton. Um, Michael Jaston, who played the Valyard, and um, and a, and a host of guests and speakers, and there'll be music and costumes and lots of fun, and more importantly, Doctor Who fans will just be together. We'll be together as a community. Um, a lot of us, I'm I'm speaking for myself, but I've heard it on our social media. A lot of us just need it for our mental health to see our friends and like-minded friends. At that, you know, we we share a passion, and and so. We've been hiding in our bunkers from COVID for the last two years. It's time to, to come out and, and convention again
3: for a little while.
1: All right. So we're up to our final thoughts. So, um, Dominic, do you have any final
3: thoughts? Um, if you feel comfortable, go out there and go to a convention. I will remain in my bunker, but if you want to, go out there. Go to this convention.
1: All right. Jen, uh, you have a uh, final thought?
2: you don't feel comfortable, go out because some of the best things happen outside your comfort zone.
1: Mm. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) Uh, Ken, do you have a final thought?
0: Yeah. uh, You know, to, to the point about coming out, if you don't feel comfortable, you shouldn't come. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I, I want my convention to be a big hit, but I also don't want you to be there. If you don't want to be there, if you're not comfortable, you shouldn't come. That's, that's the truth. If you're vaccinated great, come on down. If you feel comfortable, come on down. Um, masks are going to be required. We, we we asked for either testing or, or proof of vaccination. And it's not because I'm making any kind of statement. It's just I want it to be the safest I can possibly make it. Um, I didn't know what the rules were going to be. I thought I would just take the safest option. But at the same time, I know there are people that are not comfortable. And if they're not there's always next year.
2: So for anyone's listening, you have to either be vaccinated or you have to have COVID tests within how many days of the convention? A, a
0: negative test. I think it's 72 hours. The, the, the full, um, the full criteria will be posted on our website, probably by Halloween. My, yeah. my business partners are still sorting all the exact stuff out. And, and then, you know, we're making masks part of our thing. Uh, Dr. Who fans are Well, like a lot of people are very nerdy, but I have a collection of nerdy masks I wear. I have Doctor Who masks that I bought on Redbubble and Etsy and stuff like that. So it's just another accessory. I'm just going to accessorize with more geeky stuff, like no big deal, you know, and how hard is it to keep my friends safe?
1: All right. So my final thought is this. Uh, Ken, thank you for coming back and being guest on our show. Um, last you. time we had you on the show, you were actually in the studio in um, WGBV, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. thank you very much. Much continued success. Um, also want to mention, uh, thank you to the East Mail Public Library for our 49th live show. We're going to have our 50th live show on November the 10th. Which is going to be with special guest Ray Felix. He is uh, in charge of the Bronx Heroes Convention, and he's a comic book author and creator. Um, make sure you guys go to www.eastmetal.info for more information. Sign up for free stuff and join us next time. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. Go to our website ww.accampfrade.com. Look up the archives from being up in a week or so. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, we will see you next week.
0: You have been listening to It Came From the Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of this station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. (laughs)